Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Man On podcast. We're doing a, a Sky Fantasy Football special today. Um, me and Martin are here to talk about the subject of want versus need. Because heading into this next batch of fixtures, um, I think there's potential to use transfers. I think in some cases there's an urge to use transfer, uh, transfers. But in a lot of cases as well, these players are, are wants rather than need. And obviously that doesn't mean to say we shouldn't make those moves. But I think we just, I think it's good to be clear in our own heads um, how we're approaching these transfers. And if it is a want or a need, to be comfortable in ourselves that we're getting someone for the right reasons. Um, or whether we should be more patient with the player we've got, even if the wanted player is in fact better. And I think this is something, Martin, for, for both of us to consider for sort of the next three or four weeks, really, because both of us uh, maybe use a few more transfers than we'd like to. Um, and I think that it, it can feel like we need to be a bit more patient because we have used those extra moves. So I think there's a, these sort of wanted players, I think you have to be a bit more cautious, don't you, before you just go in and buy them all. Yeah, perhaps. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting one on the on the transfer count because I I don't know if I've used too many or not. I really I'm finding it really hard to gauge this year, um, which is probably a bit of an experience because this year is very different to last year, where there were all sorts of reasons why people didn't use very many at the start. I think so. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to have a chat just to get a feel of whether the moves I'm thinking about are worth it or not. Whether I'm going to have enough transfers left to overhaul if I start getting into these kind of chains that we're about to talk about or not and kind of see what side we land, really. And I think we came up with this want versus need. It's, it's to steal a bit of a phrase from Planet FPL, really, because James always talks about want versus need a lot. But we were having a conversation offline, weren't we, earlier in the week? And um, I think at that point, we were we were maybe thinking a little bit differently. You were thinking it's time to attack, and I'm thinking... Well, I don't know. I've maybe used too many transfers, so we'll we'll see where we get to at the end of this. Yeah, both of us are in a, a similar spot with transfers. I'm not particularly precious about how many I've got left. I know some people don't like to share information, but I've I've got forty left, um, which is not bad for my rank. I feel like I'm in a, in a steady spot. Um, there, there'll be people ahead of me, no doubt, that have used less. And I know we're in some social media circles that focus on Sky and a lot of those managers feel like they've got more than 40, in some cases as many as like 45 left mm. and comparing ourselves to them of, of a similar rank to where we are right now it feels like we're chasing and behind and we should maybe hold some transfers back and hope that by the overhaul we're kind of closer to what a similar transfer count to them but equally are they setting themselves up to get to overhaul with with too many moves left and we're pacing it a bit better. Um, I guess that's the first question. We haven't got a slide on that actually, but we, we could talk about that, that where we want to get to overhaul in terms of transfers left. And if we do feel like we're sort of pacing in line with that, or whether we're, we've used a couple more than we thought we should be, um, or are you happy with where you are with, with transfers? Yeah. So I've used 10 as well. So I've also got 40, um, but there's a couple of moves that we're about to discuss now, which I feel like, yeah, I, I maybe need to make. And I think as I think as well, we've got a few more fixtures now. And having listened to the three for one pod, who had Ian Parron on as a guest this week, um, it's maybe making me lean towards maybe more towards. Actually, I probably can make a few moves now, 
and still get to overhaul with between 37 and 35, depending on whether I get a sending off or an injury or whatever. So my perspective on it has changed even this week, I think. Because I think I think if you get to overhaul with 35, you're in a you know, if you're at a reasonable rank, that's pretty good. Um I think you know, even 30 is more than half, isn't it? I think I think you probably do want more than half because there will be more opportunities for guaranteed gains, let's call it, in the second half of the season when we start to get rearranged games because of Carabao Cup finals and the later stages of the FA Cup and things like that. These sort of uh, four for ones and five for twos and uh, and things like that will start to emerge and it's a bit easier to daisy chain from one gain into another in the second half of the season. Um, whereas in the first half, it's all just about well, who plays on a Friday, who plays on a Sunday, etc. It's not so easy to daisy chain about. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I think I could maybe get there with 35 now and still make a couple of attacking moves between now and then. I'm a bit different. So last season, um, I'm not saying I played it perfectly by any stretch, but I think I got to the World Cup overhaul somewhere sort of mid to high 20s in terms of my transfers left. And that overhaul was end of November or whenever it was because of the World Cup. This overhaul is further into the season. What is it? Start of January or something like that. So we're going to be four or five fixtures ahead probably this year on overhaul compared to last year. And it certainly didn't feel like I suffered in the second half of last year by not having enough moves left. Obviously, if you've got more left, you'll use them. But I wasn't looking at the end of the season thinking, oh, damn, I used 10 too many in the first half of the season. And that was with 26 left with a longer run to go of the season after the overhaul. So it feels like even 26 would be enough to get through the second half. I'm sort of gearing myself up towards sort of 30. So if I've used 40 now, uh, I've got 40 left now. So that gives me 10, obviously, to play with between now and overhaul. The nearer you get to overhaul, the less likely you are to want to make moves because the moves you are making are more short term. So to me, that gives me license to use three or four in the next couple of weeks, five even in the next couple of weeks, because that should set my team up better for what's coming sort of in November and even into early December. And a bit like in FPL, where we're looking at sort of the next couple of weeks as being quite a big change in terms of fixtures, the likes of Liverpool, the likes of Arsenal, the likes of Villa, going into good runs, it feels like it's the first real big fixture shift. That obviously should impact Sky as well. So if in FPL it's a common time to wildcard, maybe in Sky it's a common time to maybe throw in three or four transfers in one block to to set yourself up for that next run. I think that's the way I'm looking at it at the minute. Okay. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, let's see where we get to. By <laughs> let's see where we get to. Yeah. So we started off with this one, both of us kind of picking... If the overhaul was available now, where would we be overhauling? And the reason I thought this would be a good exercise is to see how many of these players we currently own, how many of these players we actually really want and how many are just enabling the ones we do really want and, and take it from there. So this is my overhaul. I'm not saying it's perfect. I put it together without loads and loads of thought, but it's got all of the critical players in. So if I was to overhaul now, the critical players for me are Van Dijk, I think Liverpool run into really good fixtures now for, for clean sheets potential. He's obviously got goal threat and I think he'll get passing tiers in a fair number of these games. I think he's expensive at 9.9, but I do think if we was going to overhaul now for the next sort of six to eight weeks, 
I see a ceiling for him that's quite high in terms of points. So I'll get him and then maybe look to move him on in six to eight weeks. Lewis Dunk stays for Brighton's good fixtures. I think Saliba's probably the, the second best defender now. Arsenal, I think, can probably match Liverpool for clean sheets uh, in the next batch of games. But his potential for top-tier passing and his attacking threat is probably a bit less than Van Dijk. So I'd rate him as the, the second best defender for the next run. And then Simakas is, is quite cheap as an enabler and it looks like Robertson's injured. So he does. he's not what I would call a typical sky pick for me, but he's someone that has got chances of clean sheets given the Liverpool fixtures, chances of, of attacking returns. And again, for fairly short term in that cheap defender spot, which we've currently got Bayer in, I think he sort of fills, fills a role in that. Saka, Madison, Salah stay as possible captains. Um Harland and Watkins, I think, are the best two strikers to have right now. Offer captaincy and things like that, and then Palmer's in there just as a as a cheap option to facilitate the rest. Same with Ariola in goal. He would they wouldn't necessarily be my first choice, but I say you need some cheaper options to to balance against the expensive. So Ariola, Palmer, Simicas are all cheap, but of these players that are on this screen, the two or three that I don't currently have who look like should be my priorities are Van Dyke, Saliba, and Watkins. I'd like all three of my wild card. They're all good for, for different reasons and I don't have them. So I think it was quite a good exercise for me just to look at who I desperately wanted, who I don't currently have, and then obviously focus my transfers and plans around around getting those in. Um, I don't know if you've got any big thoughts around any of that. Um, if you sort of any of those stand out as being bad picks or anything like that. Oh, I don't think any of them are bad picks. I I, I personally wouldn't pick Simakas because it's a transfer waiting to happen. Um, and you just, you, I always take the view of you don't know what fires you're going to get. So I just, I personally don't really like taking players out, picking players like that, where you know for sure that you'll definitely want to take them out. I think there's a difference between that and picking a player that, you've got in your head that you may want to move on in three or four weeks, but if you have to keep him, it's not the end of the world. With Simicast, you've got to move him on in three or four weeks, maybe, or you've or you're playing with ten men. So I, th- I think I think it depends. It depends on the Robertson situation. If he's going to be out, maybe until overhaul, then then fine. Um, but yeah, that's that's one pick that it's just it's just not not the way I would do it. But it's not. But the upside is is big. I get it completely. Um, so yeah, I, I, Sally Van Dyke and Dunk. Um, yeah, I think that's that's uh, really solid, um, and don't disagree at all. Yeah, the only other way I think this team does spend the whole budget, so I'd have to maybe downgrade Ariola to Johnston to free up point one. That might give me Simicast to Basuma into three five two or something. There's obviously things like that you can do, but it was it was more he was just there as an enabler that actually ticked the box for what budget I had left. But it, so it was more to get the, I guess, the five big captaincies in of Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, Man City, Villa, and what I think are probably the best two defenders moving forward. So, and we've, we've spoken before on previous pods, haven't we, about defenders and sort of how no one's sort of putting their hand up as a pick right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so in, in an ideal world, I get to those two. So that was sort of my team. On to yours, and it's well, mainly the same, but a few differences in there. Yeah, there's a couple of differences here. So, um, obviously, I'm assuming that um, the flags players are fit here. Obviously, if they're not, then it would be different. Um, but yeah, so I've gone, I've gone with a four-four-two. 
it's the most flexible formation. So I, I just kind of thought, well, if I was overhauling, I probably would, I probably would go into a four four two. Um, I appreciate we're not literally doing that, so, <laughs> but <laughs> but that's what I've gone with. Um, so I've got Dunk, Romero, Alexander Arnold, and Bayer. I was I was debating between Van Dyke and Alexander Arnold, and to be honest, when I saw that you'd picked Van Dyke, I just thought oh, I'll put Alexander Arnold in to be different <laughs> and to and to um, sort of bring him into the conversation. That, to be honest with you, um, I, th- I think I think at any other stage of the season, I would probably agree that Van Dyke's the better pick. But at the moment, Liverpool's fixtures are so good that I think I would just go for the upside of Trent. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd maybe just edge towards that. Possibly, um, couldn't quite afford Saliba, so I, I think Romero's Romero seems a fair compromise um, to to kind of go a, a little a bit different, and then Dunks the same as you, and then Bayer six point six again, assuming he's fit. I do think I, I do still think for me that he's the standout kind of budget option at the moment with Burnley's fixtures coming up. Uh, potential for passing tiers and, and maybe a couple of clean sheets in there. So for six point six, um, I just think he's got a bigger, you know, a far bigger ceiling than like Nakamba, for example. Then yeah, I, 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 the the Liverpool defender conundrum is is quite weird right now because I think everyone would agree they're expensive. They're not especially easy to get to. In my case, it feels like every player I want right now, I don't have is more expensive than the player I want to sell to to get them. So jumping to a Liverpool, I suppose in, in my case, it's not so bad. I do have Ruben Diaz. But um, the hop-on, hop-off points between Man City and Liverpool aren't the most straightforward. Um, and I, I, I don't know with Liverpool whether I'm desperately prepared to keep them until overhaul. I say across the next handful of games, I don't think anyone can argue that they're the best defence to have. I know people have issues around they're not keeping clean sheets defensively, they're not as good as what they were, but they're not getting battered in games. They're making a habit of conceding one. And there's quite a lot of games in that run where they've had players sent off early on in games as well. Van Dyke first half, Curtis Jones first half, McAllister got sent off quite early on in the second half of the game. So they played eight, nine games and they very early red cards in three of them. Um, now they're running into almost the dream fixture run almost. Mm. And no one's really got them. So if we're looking for yeah. high upside players, it's almost everything's sort of falling into line, isn't it? It's just whether we can free up the funds to to get to them. Then which one do you go for? Um, can it? And this is my one of my biggest headaches. We'll get onto it in a bit more detail in a minute, but I want one. I can't easily get one. So it would mean probably making an extra transfer to downgrade someone. I wouldn't be especially keen to, to downgrade, but it allows me Van Dyke. Is Van Dyke that good? And is the upside that high to warrant effectively wasting a transfer? Um, and I know that other, I think on the three for one, Paul McNulty, I think often says, don't make a transfer under those circumstances. But I'm a bit of a maverick at heart, I think, in Sky. And I'm, I'm trying to adjust and be a bit different this year. But all I see is a low-owned player with a massive upside. Um, mm. There's any the sort of players I want. And almost anything goes to get to them. And it's probably why I'll never win Sky, right? Because I make too many decisions like that. But it's, it's where my mind is at the moment. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's understandable. Um, Watkins is the one that that um, is a bit of a fly in the ointment, really, because Watkins isn't cheap, and you kind of feel like you need him for the West Ham captaincy and Villa's good fixtures. If Watkins wasn't so appealing at the moment, it would be easy for both of us, right? We'd probably both go Diaz to Van Dyke, maybe, right? So, but because it's because we got to get Watkins in as well. That's the that's the uh, <laughs> that's, that's where I am. Um, I can get Van Dyke and Diaby and no Watkins and have Diaby as my Villa coverage. Is that good enough? Or I have Watkins and then I probably can get to Saliba, but not Van Dyke. So I can't mm. quite get to both. Certainly not in two moves. Borderline possible in three, certainly possible in four. But four moves to get two players you actually want seems excessive. Three mm-hmm. feels like in my head that if you're going to get two players you really want and you genuinely think they're the best two assets for like a six-week block, maybe that is worth three three moves. Um, but yeah, anyway, your midfield, you've got Sun in there. Um, yeah, I've gone for Son. Uh, we're going to come onto a slide in a minute that kind of maps out the captaincies. And I think that there are between three and five Tottenham captaincy days between now and overhaul, depending on what the December TV fixtures are. Um, so I think there's three definitely now. And there's there's a fourth one even now that's debatable, um, that maybe, maybe Tottenham are the best captain. Um, and then for December fixtures, we haven't got, um, again, listening to the three-for-one pod and looking at the, the planner now, you can see yeah, there is a possibility of a Tottenham versus Nottingham Forest Monday night football. Um, so we might there might even be a fifth one. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit... Um, I kind of wish I've got Madison in my team and not Son. And I decided against getting Son a couple of weeks ago. But at the time, we didn't really know that this is how, this is how it would pan out. But now, I think, yeah, given that there's so many possible captains for Tottenham, I think I would want Son in there. I'm guessing he's not an option for you for Monday. It's obviously a nice entry point right before those... Well, the, the entry point is the first captaincy day. Um, yeah. That, that tricky for you as well, is it, that one? Yeah, as it is now, so we're not not actually overhauling and I do have Madison so I just I'm just gonna I'm not gonna use a transfer going kind of a little bit sideways on it I'll just roll with Madison I mean to be fair against Luton that worked out uh, you know I'm, I'm up on that so far um, and so I just gotta hope that continues but yeah if I had if I had the choice I would I would get Son now as the as the the sort of best one um, Saka and Salah um, again I think you know there's Arsenal captaincies there's Liverpool captaincies coming up um, Cole Palmer's in there as a bit of a second enabler, really. I think, I'm not sure he'll start every game, but I think for his price, he'll play enough um, for a good enough team. Um, but you could you could argue that uh, there's a little bit of money in the bank there. I mean, you could argue that that should be Nakamba um, with a with a potential loot and captaincy that we know about coming in the future now. So I'm not fixated on that Palmer spot. And I see you put him in as well. I just thought he was worth bringing into the conversation really 6.5 is so cheap isn't it um so yeah it could be could be big upside on that and then and then we yeah, have Watkins and Haaland up front so I mean Watkins is the one for me for my actual team is he a want or is he a need um I initially did have him in my head as more of a want and I thought uh, it'll be fine to kind of go against him but I don't know the close maybe maybe is that you know that hat trick's playing on my mind. We're getting closer to the actual captaincy day coming up now. 
and um yeah I'm, I'm, am i about to bottle it am i about to you say yeah actually he is in need and i am going to get him <laughs> yeah it's hard because i think a lot of the single i i did this with a one year a little bit as well i wasn't desperate to own a one year for that Nottingham Forest Luton, uh, Nottingham Forest Burnley game. I already had Bayer, um, who I was prepared to captain. But the nearer it got to the game, um, I looked at it and thought it felt like everyone had a one year, or everyone who was anyone that was playing a game that, that we know of and their teams. It felt like there was all captain a one year. And I just looked at it and thought if he scores two goals today or gets two attacking returns in this, one that's going to wipe out my Bayer clean sheet. And two, the swing is going to be like 20 points. And can I afford to accept that? Um, and I decided that I couldn't and then got a one year in. Ultimately, they both ended up getting five points and I, was probably, I probably would have been better off not getting a one year in for that game. But I felt like I just needed that protection um, because it was a single game day and there was a clear captain that it felt like everyone had. And I, I feel like we're going to get that with Villa West Ham. People will have other options in this game. People could get the RB. Some people may have Emi Martinez, Matt Cash, Paul Torres, Bowen Areola, all these players are, are possible captains. But to me, it feels like Watkins will be the most captained. And I think he'll be sort of 50% plus amongst managers that we would consider our main rivals. And should he go off on one, and it's not just in this one game against West Ham, there's obviously three or four good games afterwards. That's going to be a 30, 40 point. If you're on a different Villa player and they do nothing, let's say, say you have the RB and Watkins yeah. outscores him like five to one or something across this run of games, gets a couple of more shot tiers and things like that as well. You, you're suddenly looking at a 30 point swing, which is then increased by the fact he's been captained maybe once or twice. Yeah. That's, you can't come back from that, right? You're the best one in the world. That's a season defining decision, really. And do I want to put myself in that position? Not really, which is why I'm kind of a bit like I was with a one year. I'm putting myself in the same position with Watkins now that in an ideal world, I, 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 he messes my plans up getting him. I can get him, but at the sacrifice of something else, that I probably deep down rather do. But it's, I feel like I'm trying to play Sky more this year, more as a game of protection. So I am getting players in that maybe are not 100% players I want, but I know others have got... I'm picking captains that maybe in an ideal world I don't think is possibly the best captain in a given week, but I know that they will be the most captains I'm doing it. Um, and it's not doing me bad so far. My rank's fine. I'm in amongst it. But it's, I say it's a clear shift in the way I'm playing Sky this year. And if I'm carrying on with that into this next run of games, I should get Watkins. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, that's kind of how I'm starting to feel as well. Um, his ownership has gone up, maybe maybe a bit higher than I thought it would, like three, four, five weeks ago. Because um, at that point, it was, you know, it was even debatable whether Watkins was better than Diaby, wasn't it? Um, and things like that. But Watkins has become the clearer sort of talisman if you like than it seemed he might be so that's increased his ownership um and yeah he's going to be and you've got he's the next be, as well <laughs> yeah so he's going to be he's going to be really highly captained I, I think i've changed my mind on him um 
which I'm not going to beat myself up too much about. You know, it's fine to change your mind as the season develops, isn't it? Like, you know, that it happens. But um, yeah, I think I've I think I've come to the conclusion now that Diaz to Watkins is an easy enough move to make, and it's a bit silly not to do it. On we go. Let's go into some decisions. So this is more probably me than you. Um, my plan at the moment is to get Van Dijk on Sunday the 29th of October ahead of the game against Nottingham Forest from Thiago Silva, who um, plays Brentford on the Saturday, so it's a nice hop-off point. Silva's fixtures after that, the Tottenham, Man City, Newcastle, Brighton, Man United. That run of five games looks horrible from all aspects of the game. Clean sheets, passing tiers. I feel like Silva's not a good own for five weeks. After that, Chelsea's fixtures improve quite quickly again. So he is one of those sorts of players that you could over a run of 10 weeks or 10 games, you might think he's a steady hold and there's not an urgent need to get rid of him. He plays every game. He might get passing tiers in a couple of those sort of, they might keep the odd clean sheet and you, you might think it's a, a waste to sell him. But Van Dyke across the same sort of block of six there has got Nottingham Forest, Fulham and Brentford at home plus Luton and Sheffield United away. So... It feels like the upside of Silva to Van Dijk is really high in this particular block. You, I think it could be sort of 30, 40 points potentially even in, in that run. Um, but it's 1.4 I need to find to do it. I also need to then also use money to upgrade someone to Watkins. So those two moves alone aren't feasible. What is feasible is that I can get, not directly, but in my current Thiago Silva spot, I can get to Saliba. So it'll mean two transfers in a slightly different order, but the, 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 the thing remains that Silva goes and Saliba comes in. Um, and I'll have Saliba in place for the Sheffield United game. Now, from the 28th of October to the same point in early December, his six games, you'd argue, aren't quite as good as Van Dijk. He's got Sheffield United, Burnley, Wolves at home, Luton, Brentford away, it's, it's, it's not bad, right? One's got Man City away, one's got Newcastle away. They kind of cancel each other out. One's got Brentford at home, the other one's got Brentford away. I think I think Liverpool's games are marginally better. And as I said before, I think they're better games for passing tiers for Van Dijk than Saliba. And Van Dijk generally is more of an attacking threat than Saliba is. So I, I do expect Van Dijk to outscore Saliba over these six weeks. But then equally, Saliba's cheaper. Saliba, Saliba is probably a better longer-term hold than Van Dijk, because I think Arsenal are a better defence than Liverpool overall. Um, do I just sort of cut my losses with Van Dijk, except that he's he's one that got away almost, that I can't afford him, he can't have them all? Or do mm. I still sort of back my belief that he's the best option and go all out to get him, or do I settle for the secondary option? I think, look at this, I think it's pretty clear Silva should go. I think that's worth a transfer to move him on. Um, it, it's just whether I sort of go for plan A or plan B. And do firstly, do you, do you think they this constitutes a want or a need in terms of selling Thiago Silva, or do you think this is worthy? I think I think it's I think you can definitely argue it's a want. Um, yeah, I mean Chelsea's Chelsea's fixtures. There's because things before overhaul, so it's it's slightly dodgy now. So they got Tottenham, Man City, Newcastle, Brighton all in a row. So it wouldn't wouldn't shock you if they go four games in a row without a clean sheet there. Or oh, and Man United. Yeah, it's five rough fixtures to be fair. But then they've got Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Luton <laughs> before overhaul. So 
so I think you definitely can argue that Silver's just a hold until overhaul because over the whole piece, he's going to do absolutely fine. Um, I suppose, I think it depends whether you think you want him back. Do you think you'd want him back for that Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Luton? Um, if you think you do, then I think you'd class it as a want. Because um, you, you, then you're effectively using two transfers to target a little fixture run that you're not going to need for captaincy. So I can see why you'd do it, but I do think it is a want. I think with him in the back of my mind, games get closer together around Christmas in terms of dates and times. He's obviously older. At the moment, he's playing them all. Chelsea not in Europe, things like that. There's no cup games in, in amongst that. So he could still play them all. But they've got Badi Ashile, I think, who is close to returning. And I do think the role Silva's currently playing at Chelsea, I think Badi Ashile is the player that's earmarked as the successor to that role. So that sort of transition will have to start at some point. Could mm. that start around Christmas when games are close together? Yes, it could. Um, I think I will want a Chelsea back for that good run that starts sort of December. But again, because of that transition possibility, because of his age, it's not definitely him. Um, I could go back to Colwell for that run if he's still playing a lot of games. Chilwell might actually be playing left back and playing regularly by that point, and he might be good. The Sassy might carry on playing. Um, I, I do think there's a valid argument with Chelsea that I probably will want one back, but it might not be him. Yeah, again, people may agree or disagree that he's the best owner until January. I'm yeah. not. I think he's the, he's been the best owner up until now. Well, I think the Tassi's probably not far off him for points. To be honest, they seem to get passing tears together. Yeah. So I just got that in the back of my mind that when it gets to December, I think I will be more on edge with his minutes if I still owned him compared to what I've been up until now. Yeah. So, and and I might have a different choice, but if we do end up getting to Cole Palmer from a Basuma or something by then. I've still got Basuma. So I will have Chelsea coverage at least if we need a captain. I know Palmer's minutes aren't secure either, but by then they mm -hmm. might be. So I think I'm happy enough I'm going to do it, even if I get him back in. It is two moves, but I think the upside of this next batch, this next batch of six is high enough to warrant the sell and get back. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 oh, sorry, mate. I interrupted you there. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I was just going to say. I think it's one of those situations where I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue strongly against. You know, either, either way, keeping him or selling him. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a tight one. If you feel, if you feel that Saliba um, or Van Dyke is gonna, is gonna hugely outscore him in the next. Um, in the next run and you're not convinced if you'd even want him back I think I think probably probably go for it yeah that's that's my decision and um, so it's impacted by Watkins I may end up going to Watkins and Saliba I can actually do that where I can't get to Van Dyke so one of those occasions where we have to settle for the for the backup but looking at it here I don't think Van Dyke he's going to probably need two attacking returns, I would say, in this batch of six to make him really worth it over Saliba, given the extra money. And I'm not... Well, yeah. he has got Sheffield United in there who don't like defending set pieces, right? And and things like that. So it could happen. Um, it's, prob 
it will probably be an extra transfer as well as the extra money for you, right? Because you it will make you less flexible and so Yeah, and I say so in Sleeber's case, I think I would be quite content to hold hold him until overhaul. Van Dyke is one of those I'm gonna keep looking at and thinking he's tying up a lot of money here. If I look at something else I can't afford, I'm gonna think I could move Van Dyke down here to someone else. Maybe John Stones will be playing regularly by then or something. I'll, I'll be looking at that, thinking that frees up 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, whatever it frees up, and that will allow me another move I might want to make. So I'm, it's not a nice place to be in, Sky, looking at an expensive player in your team that, although he's good, as you say, he's not going to be a captaincy option because Salah's there. Um, as much as he feels like he gives you good upside, you're always going to think that money might be better spent somewhere else. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm probably edging more towards Saliba, but I think Van Dyke's upside is better. Uh, we'll move yeah. on to to yours. Um, not so much, a, it's not quite as clear as mine in terms of one for one. I know you mentioned no. Hoyland as your possible make weight to Watkins. You've also got Ruben Diaz, you mentioned already on this pod about yeah. make weight to Watkins. Yeah, that's my decision, really. Um, I think I'm leaning towards Diaz to Watkins. Um, Man City's fixtures I mean there's always the caveat that it's Man City um, but yeah in terms of clean sheets you know Brighton Man United Chelsea Liverpool Tottenham Aston Villa all in their next run um, and then yeah Watkins for a captaincy and Villa's good fixtures I think that's what I'm leaning towards I do like I do like Hoyland in my team as a bit of a differential for Man United's fixtures he's He's fairly expensive, but he's not taking up like Bruno and Rashford money. I haven't got to worry about Man United trying to keep a clean sheet. Um, so it gives me a bit of a coverage and a differential. So, but yeah, I'm leaning towards keeping Hoyland for, for these fixtures for Man United. Because I do think as well, the way the TV fixtures have panned out now um, and the predicted TV fixtures for the rest of December, teams are maybe going to get a little bit samey. Like it's, it's clear that you kind of want Salah, Saka, Son slash Madison. You want Watkins. Um, you want Dunk for Brighton's good fixtures. Things I think things could get a little bit samey in the next couple of weeks. So I like Hoyland as my little differential. Um, so I think I want to keep him. Um, and then, yeah, as I said at the sort of earlier on, I think I'm leaning towards Diaz to Watkins. It's becoming more of a need in my head than I want. You got two captaincies from Hoyland as well, right? Well, one definite one, home to Chelsea. I'd imagine most people, like at the moment, if I do sell Thiago Silva, I haven't got a captaincy for that single game day, I think it is 6th of December. So I'll have to address that near at the time where you've mm-hmm. got a Man United player covered. And I think at the moment, it's quite hard to own any Man United player. If you've got a midfielder, there's there's better. Defensively, they're all over the show, right? You're not going to even, there's not really a reason to hold a Man United player until Chelsea so I, I agree I think he's quite useful and possibly that 11th of November game with Luton I think there are other captaincies that day but obviously Haaland isn't yeah. one of them so yes yeah he's probably he's probably as well for it as a nice differential with with two captaincies I've got Diaz as well and I say I think he's my he's my cash card interesting none of us put Rodri on our wildcard draft earlier for example so I think we're both of the mindset that as long as you've got Haaland, that might be enough Man City coverage for this next run. Yeah. Because um, this is the option. We, we've got an option now to get Rodri back, but none of us have, would have opted to do that. 
whether you see from Diaz for this next batch, obviously Bournemouth at home looks quite nice. You'd probably expect, I'd probably expect passing at home away to Man United, but it's not guaranteed at home to Brighton, not guaranteed away to Chelsea. You'd probably expect it at home to Liverpool, home to Tottenham. Mm. There's, it's, in terms of bad runs for Man City, certainly in terms of runs where they might not get clean sheets and they might not get passing tiers, it's pretty much as as bad as it gets, right? They've got Tottenham in there who are scoring goals, Villa in there who are scoring goals, Brighton in there who are scoring goals. Then Liverpool can score goals. Um, and Manchester Derby and Chelsea away. Um, you know, I don't think it gets much worse than that from a Man City perspective, to be honest. And then they, after this run, they run into at least one game of blank, right, as well. Yeah. Do we really need a, a second one right now when, as say, Diaz is taking up, a bit like I was saying about Van Dijk, he's... He's not a captaincy option. He's expensive. Mm. And if you want to free up money, you see he feels like a, a good option to do that. Yeah, I think so. I say I think a, a couple of weeks ago I was of the mindset of um, you know, it'd be nice to have Watkins, but there are other villa players that can do well. And I can keep Diaz and he'll keep picking up at least five points a game. And and I'll have him when Man City embark on a run of Luton, Crystal Palace, Everton, Sheffield United, whereas others might have, you know, might be without him and spending a transfer. So I kind of had in my head that as long as Watkins doesn't go absolutely mad, I could be a move ahead on having a Man City defender. Um, so that will save me. That will save me like a couple of transfers, you know, potentially. But say I'm coming more round to what you said earlier about. Well, actually, going without Watkins, the way his ownership's getting and his captaincy against West Ham, I could be 40 points down on the pack before I know what's happened. And, yeah, maybe shouldn't take that risk. Cool. We'll go on to a slide you made around captaincy planning. Yeah, so I've just mapped out to the end of November um, who I think who I think are the the top three captaincy picks on each day that there's a game, um, just to give me a picture of, again, this want versus need. So I thought it would just be a nice illustration of what what we maybe do need. Um, sorry, you've skipped that. You've skipped that on. There we go. <laughs> no well, Lennon, that's good. To leave. <laughs> to the end, I am there. Lennon on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could you could you can agree or disagree with uh, some of these, but I think some of them are stand out. So from this, the summary is, as I said earlier, so Spurs, I think you've got three or four captaincy days, and there's probably a fifth one, um, possibly a fifth one that hasn't been confirmed yet against Nottingham Forest. So Spurs, I think we're going to need for captaincy the most. Um, so with, hence why I put Son in my uh, overhaul team if I had one. Um, we've got Liverpool in there three times. Um, so, I suppose I suppose the plus side of having Van Dyke Craig is if anything did happen, it did happen to Salah, you've got a backup. Whereas for me, I won't have a backup. I'll just be on to a you know a real secondary option. I think on on those days where I've got Liverpool. Um, so yeah, Liverpool three times. Man City, I've got two or three, but again, it's just it's just Haaland, isn't it? Um, Arsenal, I've got two or three. So, yeah, Saka's a hold for those. Villa, I think there's one or two. So, I think, so that's the one against West Ham. And then debatable whether you captain Watkins against Luton um, or 
whether you go for was it Salah at home to Nottingham Forest, is it? I think it's between those two. Um and then Fulham and Wolves, there's a single game day. So Fulham slash Wolves is one. Don't think you necessarily need to worry about that. Um it seems it seems like Flecken is gonna be all right from what we saw on Twitter yesterday. Um there's rumors that he didn't need surgery on his appendicitis. As someone who's had an appendicitis, I don't quite understand that. <laughs> if it's uh, like, if it's flaring up, you need it out. <laughs> so, I couldn't walk, so I don't know how that works. But um, yeah, so but apparently he's not needed surgery. Um, so I think I think Sar is an option going forward. Just just mention that I think Wolves' fixtures are pretty decent going forward, and Sar would cover a single game day as well. So anyone like me who gets themselves in a mess with their goalkeeper, I think Sar's a decent option. Um, and then Man United, you don't necessarily need them for captain, but as you alluded to, Craig, they're at the very least they're decent backup for a lot of days, um, and you might even use them once or twice. So I just thought that was another way of another way of sort of uh, visualizing what we think we need to prioritize. So I don't I don't know if if uh, you've got anything additional to add to that, or whether you disagree with any of it. I think for me at the moment, I've got into the mindset of Sky of trying to spread myself. So not putting two players from one team. Like I've said, I've, do I really want Van... Not do I want Van Dijk, do I need Van Dijk if I've got Salah? Do I need a secondary Tottenham if I've got Madison? I'm selling Ruben Diaz because I've got Haaland and I'm not viewing these players as captains. But if there are, as this shows, four or five teams where you can captain them the most, it maybe is something to consider that having a secondary option is good. I think, not we're trained to, but in Sky in general, I feel like you you want a spread of teams because it sets you up for future, maybe on captaincy days, that if you've got certain teams covered, they offer captaincy. And obviously just to cover more teams you make with no bench, as there isn't in Sky, that means that if you go in with so you've got three teams and you've got two players from each of them. That's obviously six spots. That limits the number of other teams you can cover. Um, and I think I've been a, possibly a bit guilty this year of trying to spread myself too thin, trying to get like nine, ten teams covered mm. in case I need them for a captaincy. I, I guess on, on most of this, to be fair, there, there's multiple fixtures on each on each of these days. So even if Ollie Watkins didn't turn up for one of these possible captains there's other well maybe not on the 22nd but certainly on the 29th if Salah didn't show up against Nottingham Forest you've got options yeah it's, it's a single it's, it's Tottenham and a one isn't it that it feels like you might want more than one because yeah of these captaincy days how many of them are single game days all of them uh what so we so say the 23rd is the is the one against Fulham um, the 27th is the single against Crystal Palace. So the first two that you can see on the screen there are single game days. Um, the sixth, the sixth is as well. Chelsea. The sixth, the sixth is the Chelsea one. Um, and then the other one where I've put song question mark, um, the 29th of uh, November. Um, what's that? That is... Uh, 26th um, Sorry, 26th, sorry. So on that day, we've got uh, Man United, Tottenham and Aston Villa, Everton. Um, so debatable, I think, captaincy that yeah. day is a bit up so, in the air. But. For this next batch of three, then, up until the 6th of November, it feels like going with one, especially if it's Sun, who we can't work out week to week how fit he is at the moment. 
does feel a bit dangerous, right? Because yeah. it's all eggs in one basket on a player who seems like, at least to, to the visual, that he's not fit. Doesn't mean to say he won't play, obviously. There's numerous players that spend that play for big chunks of time without being fully fit. So he could still play in all of them. But but they're the team that have the most single single game days. A lot of these other sort of teams, the uh, fixtures on this list are all multiple fixture days, right? So you, yeah, you should have a plan full of wolves, yeah. Yeah. Um it makes it hard to sell we were talking about cash cows earlier to free up money to get to the likes of Van Dyke and, and things like that. The obvious cash cows in my team, aside from Ruben Diaz, are Salah, Saka and Haaland. But looking at this, you, they're kind of non-negotiable. I suppose you could downgrade Saka if you want to captain Saliba instead or something. That might be mm-hmm. valid. I don't know how many, how many are still first on this list too. So yeah. you, 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 you could have Saliba for those two games. And then downgrade Saka, and that money might be really helpful. Might allow you a Van Dyke. Um, but on the whole, it feels like they're kind of permanent holds. Salah, Saka, and Harlan. Yeah, and this and is what I mean about as well. Yeah, and this is what I mean about teams getting made, possibly getting a little bit samey over the next week or two. Um, and the captaincy maybe being a bit samey as well. Um, and yeah, that's why I kind of like Hoyland as my little differential. But and Van yeah. Dyke, in my case, another one. You got Hoyland, I'm gonna have Van Dyke as our differential. Mm. And maybe that is enough to. It doesn't feel like there's loads of points between rank at the minute. If you can get sort of five, ten points even in a game week, whether that's through a slightly differential captain or your one differential player does better than everyone else's one differential player. That could jump, like five points could jump you like 500 places or something it feels like right now. Yeah. So I think it's helpful to have one or two of these players, and especially in your case, you've got Hoyland who's a striker with a captaincy option and Van Dyke, proven sort of sky asset with good fixtures. Mm. Tempts me a bit more to get Van Dyke back. Now I thought I'd gone off him on the last time, but now I'm back on him again, <laughs> having looked at this one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is what we do to ourselves on this pod. We uh, yeah. don't make our lives any easier. Um, looking on, then this is just um, all of the fixtures together for the next batch. I don't think there's anything desperate to say here. Um, in my case, what I'm thinking for this week, so I haven't sold a one yet. I thought about doing it last week, but there wasn't loads of players that played on the Sunday. Um, because we obviously found out on the, wasn't expecting him not to play I think we only found out on the Saturday of the match day that he's got a groin injury I think it is and he's out for potentially a month so I had the option to sell for a player on a Sunday I could have got Moussa Diaby for example Couldn't have, I couldn't go straight to Watkins last Sunday because I couldn't afford it and I, I wasn't going to make two moves to, to do that so I could have gone Diaby but I thought I wasn't sure about his fitness um, he only ended up playing about 63 minutes I think against Wolves anyway and went off um, so I thought I'd rather wait on a one year and give myself the, the choice of all 20 teams basically now so he needs to go this weekend to, to someone um, he's the, the, the main one that I need to move on right now so I think this is quite a nice time to sell Ruben Diaz on after Saturday because he plays Sunday next week and that's not maybe the easiest sort of exit and entry point. Um, after this week, you say you could do it after the 4th of November and keep him until Bournemouth, but then maybe you're missing games. 
So I, I do quite like the thoughts of Diaz for Watkins or for Sun or something like that on Sunday or Monday for this game week. Um, yeah, I think they're the main two for me. I've just got to make a decision on what I do with, with the one year and mm. there's loads of caveats. I'm, I'm even debating whether to get Watkins and DRB in. I can do that now if I go with a certain plan that involves Saliba. If I do get Saliba in that spot, I initially so I can do a one year to um I think it works out I can do Basuma to Saliba after Friday. So obviously he's gonna miss the the Fulham game anyway. I'll play Crystal Palace, but he's still on four yellows. Um I'll still have Madison for future Tottenham captaincy. It's not that I, I, I don't like Basuma moving forward. I think he's still a good hold, still offers the potential for passing and tackling. Yeah. But there's not a good entry point for Arsenal here. Um, and I think I, I would like a second Arsenal player from now until overhaul to go with Saka. So I think he's the only disposable one I've got that I can get that I can do to get to Saliba on the Saturday. So if I if I downgrade Van Dyke, if I downgrade Ruben Diaz after Saturday to someone from either Villa, West Ham or Tottenham, um, I think I'll do that, free up the money, and that will allow me. Let's just say I've got Christian Romero or something on, on Monday. If I do then, um Diaz to Romero, that should be enough then to upgrade Basuma to Saliba on Saturday. So I think yeah. I'm going to do that and carry Romero and Madison as my two Tottenham going forward rather than carrying Basuma and Madison. Um, I think is my plan. Uh, one year, so I'm not 100% sure I'll move to yet. If, but I, I think I could move him to Diaby and then have Diaby and Watkins for this next Villa run. And if it is the RB that goes off, because he is playing basically centre forward with Watkins. So Watkins, I think, is the standout and is the, the one to own because he's going to be the most captain. But as a Villa fan as well, I'm not. it's, it's definitely not clear cut to me that it's, it'll be Watkins getting all the points and the RB nothing for this next run. It could easily be the other way around. Watkins setting the RB up, for example. So I wouldn't mind both covered. And it also means that when the Fulham Wolves single game day comes around, that I think coincides quite nicely with Villa's good run finishing. And I think it's a, a Villa player is a nice sell to move into Jal Paulinia in my case. So I'm not going to want to sell Watkins for Jal Paulinia, but I would be prepared to sell Diaby for him. Yeah. And they're, they're a similar price. So I'm thinking at the moment, go both, get both covered for this great Villa run. Captain Watkins, like everyone else, but if I've got the wrong one, because I say I think it's 60-40 that Watkins is the best one, get them both, cover them both off. If one of them goes off, I've got at least their points covered. And then it gives me a route to, to Paulinia for Fulham because their run, it doesn't, it's not all shown on the screen right now, but their run from Wolves onwards is actually fairly good. And Paulinia, a bit like Rodri, a bit like Basuma, and these sorts of players do have sort of capabilities of getting passing and tackling in the same game where, where that's someone that the camber is tackling only. I think Paulinia is capable of both and does have some goal threat from corners, right? It's what is six foot two or something. Yeah, so scored a few I'm, goals last season. Yeah. yeah, so I'm quite happy to have Paulinia, I think, from Wolves until the overhaul. I know some people might skip that game, and I'm not saying it's a, it's not skippable, but for sort of six, seven fixtures, I think Paulinia is Fine as much. There's just some players sometimes you look at them, you think, oh, they're a bit overpriced. The likes of Van Dyke, probably Paulinia, a lot of people think is overpriced. But doesn't mean to say that they're not good owned still for the right run of games. 
And I think Paulinho could, could tick that box a little bit from that game. So I, that's my plan at the moment is to get both Villa and then move the RB to Paulinho for that single. But it, all of that, what I've just spoken through there is about four or five transfers in the next sort of handful of weeks, which some may argue yeah. is too many. So that would get you, what, down to like 30, 35 or 36 over? Yeah, I'd probably be going to the end of November with, yeah, something like 34, 35 at the end of November. And that's one more month. But again, say the nearer you get to the overhaul, the less likely you are to want to make moves. So if we're looking at mm. somewhere between 30 and 35 at overhaul, maybe that's fine to use that up. And then I'm, I might need one more for coverage for the Man United Chelsea caps and see Chelsea's fixtures, we've already said, get better around then. So I could just get a Chelsea defender back in there and that's one another one move but I can run them through to overhaul as well so I'm, I'm probably heading towards all 32 at overhaul which is probably not too bad right I think it's alright 32 at overhaul I think that would be okay I think you'll be I, th- I think it'll be slightly less than the average for engaged managers but I mean, your ranks your ranks decent as well and and if this and if this, you know, improves that, then I don't, I don't think that's a, you know, stupid amount of transfers to have left. I think it's, I think that's all right. I think when you've said before about like going down to like halfway, like I, uh, I'm, I'm not on board with that. I think you definitely want a bigger percentage for the second half. But 32 sounds all right to me. I think. And where are you at? Just how are you booking in here? Not booking in, but contemplating. So I think I think Diaz to Watkins. I think I've made my mind up now that I should do that. Um, so that'll get me down to thirty nine. Other than that, I haven't really got. I mean, I've got Matty Cash in my team as well, so I, I'm not going to want him all the way to overhaul. Um, but I want him for you know he'll stay there for Villa's good run. So Matty Cash to um, again it could it could be similar to you, I suppose, like Matty Cash to a Palina or something like that for. A little run, so that's another one that will probably happen. Um, Flacken's not uh, not doing me too many favors, so even if he is fit, that might be something I might I might want to move on. Um, so yeah, there's a few there, but I'm pretty happy with how I'm set up to be honest. Um, I think I could quite conceivably get to overhaul with say with between between thirty five and thirty seven. As long as uh, you know disaster doesn't strike in my team, yeah, and say so, yeah, that that will be the the, the proof. I, I yeah, I I don't know where I stand with how many I actually need transfer wise. A, a lot of people will already be getting sort of cold feet about using them now because there's a an inbuilt need to want to use them in the second half. You can attack more then. There might be more single game days then because of carnage around cups and all this sort of thing, but. Equally, I don't want to do that at the expense of falling too far behind because of that sort of concern around using them. They are there to be used ultimately, these transfers. And if using five or six more than the majority of other people now means that it keeps me sort of around the top thousand or something by over I think I'd rather be nearer first than have sort of six extra transfers, but be like 4,000 places further back or something. I know it. I don't know what the fine line is between how many transfers is enough to have left. But if, if even if I had like 29 transfers left, but that put me at like 400 to overhaul, I'd rather have 29 transfers and be 400 than have like 38 transfers and be like 7,000 or something. 
yeah. you can always look at it and think, I've got loads of transfers, I'll catch up. I think it's a lot harder to catch up even with more transfers than it is to hang on with less transfers, if, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting debate and there are, you know, lots of Sky players that finish consistently high in the ranks. You know, there are some that play it very conservatively and there are also some that do consistently well that like to attack from the start. So I don't think that's necessarily a right answer. But, um, yeah, I think... I think what you've got to consider is if um, if you don't have an excess of transfers in the second half of the season, you've got to be aware that there will be people that do have lots of transfers that will do things like, you know, when when Man City have got um, a four for one or a five for um, or, or a five for for two or whatever over like the majority of the league, there will be people that will go and get five Man City players. I did that last think, year. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and, work. <laughs> and then and then so there's things like that, and then they've got five Man City players that have got three extra games over everybody else. Okay, so so what are they going to get from that? They get you know they could push anywhere between fifty and hundred points if they do really really well, right? With captain, um, and then what you get in the second half of the season, which you don't really get in the first half of the season, is this. Obviously, this is just an example. But you might get a daisy chain where then Liverpool have got three more games than everybody else. So you turn those, so you turn, so you then go from having five Man City players to five Liverpool players that nobody else has got that's got three extra games. So I think that's what the, that's what having the extra transfers in the second half of the season gives you um, because you get those kind of opportunities that aren't really there in the first half. But it can blow up in your face, right? Because if those teams don't do very well over that run, then you've got five of their players that have done nothing and it doesn't always work out. But Lazy chains in the good teams, right? It ends up being, I don't know, West Ham into Brighton or something. And then you end up in Brighton sort of squad rotation and all these sorts of things because mm. oh, well, you do have to use them. And at the moment, we don't know what the second half is going to be. So you, you're saving them on the hope and the assumption that something good's going to be there. Um, I yeah. suppose if you blow extra transfers early, you're hoping that what comes in the second half isn't as good as what it could be, right? So play the game in front of you. That's what I'm looking at and thinking if there's extra transfers to be used now, that's what we know for definite. I'm going to take that opportunity rather than waiting mm. on the assumption something better might be on the horizon, but could mm. be wrong, right? Um, cool. Uh, anything else to talk about, mate? Or no, I think that's enough. That's an hour, isn't it? So we'll wrap it up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Uh, cool. If you um, if you like this pod, then feel free to like, follow, subscribe to to the man on YouTube channel. Give us a follow on social media, um, and I'm sure we'll be back with another Sky Pod before the next game week, where we maybe can com- confirm some of these moves we've made. But I think we're we're, we're pretty clear with what we're thinking about doing now. Um, so yeah, thanks, mate. I'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Bye.